When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, welcome in to the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenix, Bryce Atkinson, and my man, Sean Murray from TESN. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us, Sean. What's happening? Got a lot uh, starting to brew here ahead of next week. Hey, Bryce, good to be back again. Yeah, getting to be the uh, little bit of the crunch time here in the U.S., Yep, uh, we got uh, the mixed doubles Olympic trials next week in Blaine. We've got uh, some things going on internationally that we'll touch on in the second segment. Certainly, the Canadian trials, Royal of the Rings, up uh, north across the border, up in uh, in Ottawa right now. But uh, getting us out of the gate, Sean, uh, you know, locally there in the Twin Cities next week, you're ready for uh, some mixed doubles. We miss you in Omaha, but uh, we're going to have some fun here next week there in your hometown. I cannot wait to uh, have my first experience at the Four Seasons Curling Club. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a great event. Um, there, uh, you know, Four Seasons Curling Club, of course, is attached to Fogarty Ice Arena and mm-hmm. that has two hockey arenas and one of the hockey arenas is being converted for the purpose of the the trials itself. So, uh, you know, they're selling tickets. I've been advertising it for months now. It's it's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Man, I can't wait. But uh, you know, before we talk about that, we're going to talk a lot about that in the in the last segment. We have a guest interview coming up here in the next segment. Want to make sure everybody knows Corey Dropkin, Jamie Sinclair. Winners of uh, the Duluth Mixed Doubles uh, uh, event Thanksgiving weekend. We're, I'll talk with them, just kind of get their lay of the land, and you know, really kind of both of them resetting after you know, obviously a disappointing result in Omaha. So we'll bring that to you here in the next segment with Corey Dropkin, Jamie Sinclair, as they team up and really on a roll heading into the Mixed Doubles Olympic Trials, trying to capture their respective Olympic dreams. But, you know, Sean, before we do that, we're going to touch on a lot of things. we got that interview. The final segment, we're going to touch on a little bit of the Olympics, things going on with Russia, uh, obviously the Canadian Trials and the Mixed Doubles. But something that was announced uh, last week, about the time we published the podcast last week, the Men's Challenge and Women's Challenge rounds for uh, coming up in January, which obviously has a huge impact on nationals. We've got 19 men's teams that will be playing in the challenge round in Bismarck, North Dakota. That's January 3rd through the 7th. And then the women's challenge round, which is right there at the Four Seasons Curling Club in Blaine, January 4th through the 7th. There will be 10 women's teams. 
there in Blaine. What stood out, just you know, kind of general reaction as we see the teams announced and, and you look on paper and there are a few things that kind of stand out. What stood out to you? Uh, I think one of the first things I noticed was the, the fact that uh, there, there are more women's teams entered this year. Uh, one of the problems that has been uh, a little bit historical the past few years is mm-hmm. just not a whole lot of women's teams entering. Uh, so it's nice to see more of them in, in it, uh, you know, just getting getting their names out there. I see, uh, you know, there's a, there's a team that's entered from my home club of Potomac uh-huh. out in Maryland, yep. Team Don Finley. And I'm I'm well pumped to see them. I'll probably come out and well, I won't be able to watch them because I'll be in, I might I might be in Bismarck. We'll see. But uh, if if I'm around here, <laughs> you know, go go see them, say hi. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's at least there's enough teams to you know field a challenge round, which some years hasn't been the case. Um, that's on the women's side. And on the men's side, uh, you know, like you said, 19 teams. Uh, be nice if you could have more than that, but you know, still a good number. Uh, five of those five of those teams will advance order of merit points, and uh, that question will be settled this coming weekend in uh, Kromasabi and Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to get that? Um, you know, uh, I, I know my my team is one of the ones kind of on the on the cusp there. Yep. For for that points berth, we'll we'll just uh, see how it goes. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, on the women's side, a uh, couple things that stood out to me. Like you mentioned, more teams, you know, in last year. I know that was an issue at Nationals there in, 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 uh, in Seattle, of course, uh, Everett to be exact. But with Nationals coming up in Fargo in March, certainly an Olympic year, that kind of changes things a little bit. But more women's teams. And, you know, a couple things that stood out to me, no Jessica Schultz I saw, you know, playing on the women's side. And no Cassie Potter you know, her team kind of going through uh, some changes, but Jessica Schultz, who obviously is one of our good friends here on the Extra Extra End, not playing on any of these teams. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure what, what that's all about. I know, I know Jess has her own her own team with uh, Courtney George and Jordan Moulton and Stephanie Seneker, and I know they were, they've played, you know, a little bit this year, not too much. And yeah. Maybe they just kind of, you know, maybe the finances weren't there for a week in Fargo, yeah. or you know, they're just just trying to save themselves for next season. I'm I'm not really sure. That is a little bit of a surprise to not see them, especially with the um, the uh, points requirements being relaxed this year. With it not with there being no Olympic points on the line. Yeah. Uh, on the men's side, you mentioned uh, 19 teams. There will be a 10-team field for nationals on the men's side, eight teams at nationals for the women's side, but 10 on the men's side. We've got 19 teams in and of course, in full disclosure, your team, Team Sean Murray, is one of the 19. But looking at just the rapid reaction, I guess one of the biggest rapid reactions I see is Team Persinger, which is not Team Brady Clark. That is Team Persinger now with Colin Huffman, Phil Tilker. But that now includes Rich Ruinen as Vice Skip. Yeah, uh, that was one of the things that happened uh, pretty pretty quickly after yeah. the trials. Was you had you had some teams shuffle around. One of the one of the bigger. Uh, notable things to happen was uh, Brady Clark's team basically firing Brady Clark. The three of them decided to move on without him. Um, and uh, they brought in uh, Rich, Rich Ruinen, who was the, who had been the fifth for a team, Keith McCormick, but since they aren't going to the Olympics now, 
uh, Rich found himself available, and you know you, you can't turn down an offer to play with three great guys like that. Yeah. And uh, in a similar vein, you've got Team Nurnberger, which includes Croy Nurnberger and Sean Baton and Derek McLean, yep. who are, I'm sorry, uh, Quinn Evanson, who were three of the five that used to comprise Team Craig Brown. And essentially, those three guys got together, picked up Derek McLean out of uh, Seattle, and formed a team. And that that came together, to my understanding, maybe two days before signups concluded. And at the end of the day, they kind of ended up leaving uh, Craig and Jason Smith just kind of without a team. So, you know, not really sure what happened there, what brought that about. Maybe they just wanted to do something different. Um, but, yeah, some real quick lineup shifts here uh, post-trials. Yeah, not, not totally uncommon, but, you know, one of the other ones I see is, and we knew, and, and it was obviously common knowledge, but Pete Fenson uh, reforming his team, gets Sean Rajeski, one of his trusted lieutenants, back. Mark Fenner going to play with him, and then obviously his son, Alex Fenson. You know, that's another one, and, and Pete's, you know, been obviously very, you know, open. They're trying to, they, they want to qualify for nationals, and they really want to make the world championships, which we're hosting coming up uh, in Las Vegas in the spring. Absolutely, and there's, you know, Pete's been around forever. He's seen basically all, but one of the most experienced skips in the field in the country, no question, and uh, Rajeski always makes him better. The two of them have played together for I don't even know how many years. Each makes the other better. They're they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with for sure. And in terms of points, the you know the top five order of merit teams uh, make go straight to nationals without having to play the challenge round. They currently sit fifth, and uh, they're they're playing this weekend in uh, Eveleth, and yep. they'll be looking to qualify to solidify that spot. Yeah. One of the other teams on the men's side, real quick, before we finish this up and go to Corey Dropkin and Jamie Sinclair, one of the other teams there on that men's side for the challenge round. I, I just love what this young team uh, with Andrew Stopera, Luke Violet, Ben Richardson, and Graham Fenson, and then Caleb Clawson, you know, the fifth slash alternate. Man, I love that young team. Those guys are right there, it, really all similar age brackets. They They've had so much success. That's a team that if you're a U.S. curling fan, and especially the future, but not just the future, you talk about some young guys that can make some noise against you know, yourself and some of the bigger boys. That's Team Stopera, led by uh, you know, Coach Mark Lazar. Absolutely, and that's, a, that's our recent uh, junior national champion team and world silver medalist yep. team. And you know, they might be young, but let me tell you, every one of those kids, every one of those boys can play with with the best of the best in the country. Yeah, there's no question. Um, and they're so they're not to be taken lightly, simply because they're a junior team. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who plays them that comes up against them is really going to have to bring their A game. Uh, they're they probably don't. If uh, if I looked at the points, I think they're quite a ways down there. But um, uh, they could still, you know, they'll they'll be at the challenge round. Uh, yeah, um, pretty pretty certainly. So any, but a real good chance to come out of there. Real good chance. Well, give us a lay of the lane with your team, Team Sean Murray. Uh, you guys just kind of tell us in full disclosure where you guys are at, kind of where maybe this, uh, you know, where you guys are headed. If if you have a good idea. Well, at this moment, uh, we currently are right behind Pete Benson at sixth on the U.S. Order of Merit, um, uh-huh. uh, thanks to our runner-up finish at the St. Paul Cash. So. For us to uh, bypass the challenge round and get straight to nationals, we definitely need to at least qualify this weekend at Eveleth. And Pete Fenson would have to finish somewhere behind us. Yeah. Whether that means 
we qualify, he doesn't make the playoffs. If we both qualify, we have to finish ahead of him. It's really pretty cut and dry for us. But we're just going to worry about what we're doing. Um, yeah. You know, if, if we don't quite get it done and we got to go to Bismarck, well, that's okay because, you know, Matt Milky's parents live in Bismarck, so we got free housing and stuff. So it's all good. We'll, we'll do what we got to do. Yeah, and, and that's a good explainer. Just tell everybody just really quickly how it works because not all 19 teams are going to Bismarck and not all 10 teams on the women's side are going to play in Blaine with, in terms of the challenge no. rounds. No, uh, so out of the 19-team field, uh, five are going to advance directly to Nationals via Order of Merit points, which are one playing events on tour. And uh, then uh, only four teams are actually going to be taken out of the challenge round via burst because there's also going to be one uh, high-performance discretionary selection on the men's side. Uh, women's side, uh, because it's fewer teams registered, there's only going to be eight teams at nationals. Yep. Four of those teams will advance via points, and three are going to come out of the challenge round with one high performance selection. Yep. Um, and the the point situation on the women's side is pretty cut and dry. There's a number of the teams don't really have any points at all. Um, so at least three of those teams are basically there already. Yeah. So the challenge round is is going to advance most of them. Yeah, it gets really really thin on the women's side when you don't have that many teams, but more than we had I, I believe more than we had last year because we got into some issues when it came to uh at least just filling out the women's side at nationals. So, uh Sean Murray, Price Atkinson, we will be right back. We got Corey Dropkin, Jamie Sinclair. We'll talk with them as they head into the mixed doubles Olympic trials coming up next week. That will be played in Blaine at Four Seasons Curling Club, Fogarty Arena, December thirteenth and through the seventeenth. We'll be right back with Jamie Sinclair and Corey Dropkin with the twelfth in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. My Curling Club is the ultimate all-in-one solution for curling clubs. It offers a completely customizable club website with online registrations, league management, event calendar, news, photo albums, custom pages, sponsors, and more. The league management module allows administrators to generate a well-balanced schedule for their league in a matter of seconds. Standings and statistics are calculated automatically whenever new scores are entered into the system. Learn more at www.mycurlingclub.com. Again, www.mycurlingclub.com. This week, we are giving you the chance to win a one-year membership to mycurlingclub.com for your curling club. That's a $500 value. To enter, go to our website at www.tesn.us forward slash podcast using the widget on the upper right-hand corner of the page. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenix, Price Atkinson, and now joined by another one of our mixed doubles trials teams getting ready to compete in Blaine next week. That would be Corey Dropkin and Jamie Sinclair, who took home the Twin Ports mixed doubles title in Duluth Thanksgiving weekend. Guys, welcome in to the Extra Extra In podcast once again. Thanks, Price. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Well, it's it's great to catch be here. Great to catch up with you, Corey and Jamie, and you guys have been active and and obviously getting ready for these upcoming Olympic trials in Blaine for mixed doubles. But you know, I guess let's take a step back and just go back to Omaha because I know certainly the chance to represent Team USA at the Olympics. You guys take both, uh, you know, your best of three to 
you know, a final game. Just, I guess, really one thing I'd like to know is what was that pressure like? Because Jamie, I know that you had mentioned in the mix zone after that last game. Just, I mean, you you definitely feel the pressure. It is undeniable. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that was the biggest stage I've ever played on, uh, mm-hmm. with the most on the line. Um, so there is definitely that pressure, and your mind can't help but wander, um, thinking about uh, the outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do so much sports psychology training mm-hmm. uh, throughout the season leading up to that is is to be as prepared as we can be, even though we've never been in that situation before. Mm-hmm. And um, I, as much as it, it was really tough at the time, I think now that I've been there before, I think that I've gained a lot of experience. Um, I've kind of learned my tendencies as far as playing in that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing but good things uh, going forward, that's for sure. Yeah, what about you, Corey? Your first trials. What I mean, what was the overall experience? Clearly, the ending wasn't what you wanted, but the I mean, crowds were great. You know, I know that you know you take it to a best of three and it goes to the final game. What was that pressure like for you guys? I mean, it was down to basically ten ends for a chance to go to the Olympics. Yeah, it was definitely a new situation for me and some of the team. Uh, uh-huh. You know, overall we had a great week. You know, we played hard. We stayed relentless on the ice and. Uh, you know, gave it our all. Unfortunately, we came up a little bit short. Um, but, you know, sometimes in life that happens. It's really just kind of, you know, how you respond to that and move forward. Um, so, you know, it's a good experience to have. The crowd was extremely active and uh, um, really fun to play with. And, you know, it was a great experience, as I said, looking to move forward here and on to the next, you know, chapter. And, um, you know, Jamie and I have that opportunity for mixed doubles now. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys uh, in Omaha, you had some uh, incredible cheering sections. That's all I'll say. I, I know, Jamie, <laughs> you guys may have had uh, the section of the entire week there with cowbells and you know signs. I, I tell you, they they brought a lot of life into uh, Baxter Arena there. So it had to be a lot of fun. With oh, yeah. It's, it's so great to hear. It's so great to have uh, those fans uh, cheering for us, you know, uh, I mean, it could it could be tough out there. There's a lot of ups and downs, but knowing that your fans are cheering for you no matter what, it's yeah. a great feeling. And I know when when you obviously start trying to turn the page, you kind of look back a little bit. Is there you, you second guess what could I've done differently? What do you guys maybe you sat down and said, man, maybe if we, we could have just done this a little bit different, or you know, has that have y'all thought about that each? You know, in terms of how everything played out. The first thing your mind turns to is is what you could have done differently. You know, for me, it was really important to kind of let my mind loose. And so personally, what I did was that next day I went for uh, a long run. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that run, my just my mind and body were just a little bit, you know, uncluttered and, and, and cleared and, you know, refocused. And, um, you know, obviously learn and improve and take away what I can from that competition. And then, you know, obviously we can't change the path. So moving on and and moving forward to, to um, the present and working towards making making the future. And so, uh, you know, for me, that's that's what it's all about. And you know, learning, you know, every every step of the way and yeah. and, uh, and improving. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you guys turn the page, what I get really, what have y'all been up to here in the time since uh, since Omaha? I know uh, you guys won when the uh, Twin Ports that mixed doubles there, Duluth Thanksgiving weekend. Kind of, I guess the last. You know, qualifier, if you will, uh, for the mixed doubles and the trials coming up. But you know, Jamie, I know you up in Ottawa. Talk a little bit about the roar of the rings you you went to yesterday, and you know, probably going to go to a couple more. And, and and certainly, Corey, you've been speaking to some schools there locally and in, uh, in the area. Just talk about what you guys have been doing just since uh, you got back from Omaha. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I first got back from Omaha, I definitely <laughs> took a, a couple of days off. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I wanted to put myself in some, some happy spirits. <laughs> so I actually decorated my, my apartment for Christmas. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> put up the Christmas tree and all that <laughs> Christmas, you know, feel good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then I uh, went up to Duluth and had a great weekend there with Corey, shot lights out. So ended up taking home the title there. And, um, and then, yeah, and then I came to here in Ottawa now, uh, scouting out the competition, I guess, <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching the Olympic trials, um, yeah. just kind of seeing, seeing how they, how they're being played here and just, um, trying to learn as much as I can as always. Um, and then, and then we got, uh, Evelis next weekend with, uh, my women's team Yep. and then pretty much right from there to, uh, trials. So yep. Been a, it's been a busy couple weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. Corey, you had some fun with the school kids, it looked like. Yeah, I did. So I had the opportunity of going on to Eau Claire. Uh, um, Jenna Percheski, another curler in the in the junior program, she, one of her projects at UW Eau Claire was to kind of spread the curling awareness. Mm-hmm. And so she had asked me a couple months back to uh, come down for a couple of days and speak to some of their schools. And so um, it ended up getting quite popular, and she uh, attracted five different schools there's a an elementary school a couple of middle schools a high school and then the uh, kinesiology department to the to the college there um and so kind of went down there and got the opportunity to talk to them you know about our sport you know how I got involved how it's you know really impacted my life and mm-hmm. and just really you know the overall experience of having you know opportunities in life and making the most out of them making sure we're prepared and and uh you know, you know, making the most out of them and, and, uh, you know, how really doing that makes the most of, you know, your, your life really in general and, mm-hmm. uh, having fun with whatever it is that you do in life. And so, uh, you know, it was a great experience. It was fun to be able to speak to, speak to the kids and, uh, you know, I know I, I learned a lot just being able to talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. As we continue with Corey Dropkin, Jamie Sinclair, you can follow Corey on Twitter at K Dropkin and Jamie also on Twitter at J- Jamie Sinclair21. And Corey, I saw where you mentioned really what that mixed doubles uh, there in Duluth Thanksgiving weekend. It was really about mechanics and communication, you know, trying to refine that, get that ready for the trials. What did you guys, how did that help you guys kind of reset to get ready for the trials? Just having a fantastic weekend there in Duluth. Yeah, um, you know, going into it, Jamie and I sat down, you know, obviously it's, you know, right after, uh, you know, a huge week of our lives and a little bit of a disappointment result. And so, you know, what we said was, you know, obviously stay loose and, and have some fun that weekend. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know we, want, we want to play well and make sure we qualify and get as far as we can. But, you know, the biggest thing for us was to just, you know, stay loose, have fun and really just tighten up the, the, the little things uh, in our communications and, and, and whatnot. And so, you know, that's what we did. And, you know, it just kind of led to, led to good things. We were successful, mm-hmm. ended up winning it and, uh, securing our trial spot. And so that's what it's all about. You know, you get, you get, uh, you get bumped down one weekend and then you come back up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Jamie, one thing I got to think is that, you know, you look at not favorite and that kind of thing, odds, but, you know, you look at you two and you come up just short in Omaha, but the 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 grinding, the, you know, the mental still being right there on the cusp, grinding away, trying to still get to the Olympics. Some tells me that the both of you coming from that same side of the track, so to speak, 
this is a big advantage for you guys going into the trials. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely given us a little bit of grit, uh, just having gone through that <laughs> yeah. um, adversity, if you will. Um, so I think um, it's definitely motiv- It's definitely motivating. Um, right, I right. think it's um, it's given us an opportunity to to bounce back, to make a comeback, um, to come back stronger, feeling uh, confident and. Um, and and trying to prove something at the same time. So right. I think Corey and I are in a we're in a great spot. Um, we definitely play best when we're loose and having fun. So we're going to try to carry that forward into the trials and and see where that takes us. How do you guys handle the the on ice dynamics? You know, with calls and strategy. Does it? I mean, is it even, Stephen? Kind of is it fifty fifty? Does one of you kind of take on more of that? I don't want to say skip roll and mix doubles, but you know, is there is it a, is a team effort? Is it one of you guys that that it takes you know a certain aspect of the game that you guys you know concentrate on and bring to you know the mixed doubles? I, I think it's I think it's you know a real team effort. Mm-hmm. You know. Jamie's just skip, and although she hasn't been in mixed doubles for for a while, you know she's she's seasoned in strategy in general, and she's got a good sense of you know what's right to call, and she's really picked up the strategy for for mixed doubles pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we both have a good sense for it, and uh, you know between the two of us, we work well together, knowing kind of what the right shots are to play, um, and so it's probably fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. it's and then Corey does all the sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you know, Jamie's been helping out quite a bit, too. You know, she's a good sweeper herself. Yeah, so, uh, something tells me Jamie is good as is fantastic of a skip. The uh, Corey uh, on that broom, there, there's there's not many better than him when it comes to sweeping, Jamie. Uh, it makes it makes a huge difference. <laughs> it's an awesome feeling when I'm going to throw a draw, and he's like, you know, just, just put it close, and I'll get it there. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it is all you. <laughs> How about that confidence? So as we continue yeah. and get ready to wrap up with Corey and Jamie Sinclair, you know, when you go from, you know, team and, and four-man competition, you know, team curling, how is it hard to switch kind of on a dime? I mean, you guys have been in the sport a long time, but is it is it hard on the strategic side when it comes to mixed doubles to kind of flip the switch from one weekend to the next? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's definitely a completely different sport, you know, it's set up differently. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a lot of the same shots, but, you know, different as, you know, just as all the same. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I said, already having a, a decent sense of strategy between the two of us, it, it really helps. Um, uh, but, you know, it really is a different sport being played with just two, two of us and, uh, you know, really, really need to get along on the ice and, and, you know, chemistry is just huge. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think we have what it takes to be successful. And, you know, as Jamie said, I think we're more hungry and motivated than ever. And, uh, you know, it's only going to lead to good things. Yeah. All right. What is a favorite? your favorite thing about playing with each other when it comes to mixed doubles? Corey can <laughs> throw the high hard ones, and I'm just running down the ice trying to catch up. <laughs> kind of rocks disappear. It's always fun. Oh, I said she can just rip the doubles for five like it's no problem. It's, it's super easy with Jamie. <laughs> well, as, as we wrap up here, you know, I know, Corey, you're not going to have any of your, uh, you know, Team McCormick teammates uh, you'll be competing against. Jamie, I asked Alex last week when I was talking with her and Derek, you know, she said, mm. I'm, I'm going out to crush uh, the competition. Is it going to be tough for you playing against, you know, uh, your teammates, you know, that you've been playing with, you know, on your on your women's team, is it going to be hard at all, or is it? You forget it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, I to be honest, only kind of notice it at the beginning of the game and at the end of the game when you shake hands with them. Sure. Um, 
just because it's it's so different to shake hands with your teammates. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once the game gets going, then then your opponent really just becomes faceless, and it's just like any other game. You're just you're playing the rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we as we close up shop here, just appreciate both you guys. You got uh, maybe a prediction? I know we're all kind of keeping an eye also this week on uh, what's going on up in Canada. You got a uh, you got a prediction on the men's and women's side? Maybe how that thing's going to play out? Is it uh, you know kind of approaching the midway point? You know, Cooey's Cooey's leading pretty strong, although he could have a couple losses. It's a pretty even field on the men's side. Obviously, Jennifer yeah. Jones is kind of taking it away a little bit on the ladies. Uh, <laughs> Holman's stepping her game up a little bit more now, but it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. What do you think, Jamie? I'm uh I'm gonna go with a Jacobs McEwen final and oh. a Holman Jones final. There you go. Well, Corey Dropkin and Jamie Sinclair have spoken. Jamie, I'll tell you right now, when you're, I was sitting with your mom and talking with your mom and dad at, at the trials during one of the draws, and your mom said, you need to come up. You can stay with us in Ottawa. <clears throat> you can go to the trials. Mm-hmm. You need to experience it. And I, I said, you know what, my travel schedule, especially with the trials and everything through December, there was no way. But now that it's come on TV, I've been watching it ever since it started Saturday. I was even watching it. In the, <laughs> I, I was watching it. Yeah, I was watching it in the press box. I think I was the only one in the press box at the ACC championship game on Saturday in Charlotte watching Clemson in Miami, and I had Roar the Rings on. I was watching curling during, between plays. I think I was the only one, but as That's I was awesome. watching, I was like, you know what? I should have taken Miss Sinclair up on that offer. Man, that looks like it's It would have been fun, I'm telling you. It would have been a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, Corey, Jamie, just thank you so much for the time. Just all the best. Can't wait to see you guys uh, next week in Blaine, and, and, and all the best. Good luck. You got Thank it. you so much. Well, there we go. Corey Dropkin, Jamie Sinclair. Again, you can follow them on Twitter at Kate Dropkin, at Jamie Sinclair 21. Just appreciate them. A few minutes ahead of next week's mixed doubles Olympic trials in Blaine at Fogarty Arena there. Again, December the 13th through the 17th. Tickets available. Come on out. Should be a fantastic few days there at the Four Seasons Curling Club. Appreciate Jamie and Corey giving us a few minutes talking about the trials coming up next week. All right, when we come back, Sean Murray rejoins me as we uh, have a few more things to get into and talk about here on the Extra Extra In with the 12th in Sports Network powered by Isagenics. If you're looking to buy new curling equipment, don't settle for cheap imitations. Hardline came onto the scene seven years ago and is now at the forefront of high-performance and recreational curling equipment. Hardline's ice pad is the best choice when it comes to brush heads, which is why top-ranked pros play with it including world champions Team Gushu, as well as U.S. men's and women's national champions Team Schuster and Team Sinclair. Whether you're looking for brooms, the Pro Slide Delivery Aid designed by Reed Carruthers, or shoes and apparel, take a look at Hardline and see why they are the number one choice for curling equipment. Show this sponsor your support by going to www.tesn.us and clicking on Hardline's Ice Pad logo. podcast with the 12th in sports network powered by isogenics we are rolling along final segment here price atkinson and sean murray as we set the table get ready for a big week next week in blaine at the olympic trials for mixed doubles at fogarty arena hosted by the four seasons curling club before we get to that sean you know announcement today is we're taping this on tuesday december the 5th we find out an announcement today as we work higher to lower in terms of close to home. Today we find out from the IOC that Russia will not be allowed to compete 
in the upcoming Olympic Games in South Korea. Just your rapid reaction. I will just say mine real quickly. Real quickly, it's about damn time. Yeah, this has been several years in the making. Uh, there have been rumors, uh, and maybe more than rumors, of some pretty, pretty systematic doping and and cheating by Russian athletes endorsed by the Russian Sports Sport Federation. Yeah, dating back to Sochi and beyond. So this has been several years in the making. I don't think anyone's really surprised yeah. by it. Yeah, and so basically what what was announced today is that uh, uh, Russian athletes will not be allowed to compete. Now, they there will be some athletes that are quote-unquote invited to compete under the name Olympic Athlete from Russia, but they will not have a Russian flag, an anthem, or any uniforms for the opening, closing ceremonies, and then medals. But this is the first time a country has been banned or barred from the game since South Africa uh, was banned from the Winter Olympics 64 through 92. That was due to apartheid policies and politics. But uh, as you mentioned, systematic doping going back. Look, nobody's stupid here. We all know it went back before the Sochi Games, but this really is all centralized around the Sochi Games where there were urine samples that were switched and swapped in the dead of night through a mouse hole uh, in the testing room by samples that were clean in advance. So ultimately my point is I'm glad that finally the IOC had the cojones to come down on the Russians because unless you do, uh, this stuff is never going to be cleaned up. But on top of it, it's going to be interesting where things go from here because, as I mentioned, there will be athletes invited to compete, and they will have to pass stringent ru- uh, uh, testing uh, you know, regiments to be able to compete. But the question really I've got is what about teams? And then on top of just teams like hockey, Vladimir Putin may say, we're not sending a single athlete. It doesn't matter if they're invited or not. We are sitting this thing out. Yeah, it's my understanding that uh, Putin is already basically already said as much that uh, athletes, if they're not going to represent Russia, they're not going. And that's, you know, and I don't know how all of the individual athletes across the entire sports spectrum feel about that. Some would probably still like to go to at least have a shot at a medal. I mean, who wouldn't? But it does create an interesting, you know, where do we go? I mean, you know, there's the Russians already have, at least in terms of curling, Russians already have a secured spot on the women's side. Yeah. It was going to be a play down between Anna Sidorova and Victoria Monsieva as to who would go. Is that going to happen now? Who knows? On the men's side, well, there's Russian men's team currently playing in the Olympic qualification event in the Czech Republic to try and just get to the Olympics. Yeah. What's going to happen with them? It, it's, it, there's a whole lot of questions. Part of me wonders if, you know, like you said, if, if they all you know, want to do things the way Putin says to, the entire country may simply boycott the Olympics. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it will be. And Anna Sidorova, in terms of our sport, obviously the most high-profile Russian in terms of curling. But unlike the uh, the Rio games where it was really a federation decision in terms of the governing bodies of the particular sports that decided whether to allow or disallow Russian athletes you know, to compete – that was basically the onus was put on the federations. This time the IOC puts their full foot down. But as you mentioned, 
Vladimir Putin could put his down and say, you know what, it really doesn't matter. You can invite. It doesn't matter. Our athletes are not going to make a fool out of themselves. And that's actually something that I am personally I expect to happen, that no Russian athlete is even allowed to compete. But as we compete, and that's what's going on up across the border, Sean, up in Ottawa, the Roar of the Rings, the Canadian Trials, you talk about some outstanding. I was telling somebody the other day that was there was a novice in terms of curling, and I'll, and I'll tell you, it's what I joked with uh, Jamie and Corey in our interview just in that last segment when I was in the press box last Saturday covering the Clemson-Miami game and the ACC championship game at the Carolina Panthers Stadium. I think I was the only person in that entire press box, and I'm talking four levels of it, that was watching the Canadian trials on my computer between plays, and somebody saw it over my shoulder and said, what in the hell are you watching and what are you doing? And I just said, you would not even understand. But let me just tell you, it's about the best curling you can find anywhere across the planet. Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, the the Briar is the pinnacle of men's curling, the Canadian Men's Championship, and, you know, World championships are always something, and of course the Olympic Games are themselves. But I'm telling you, bar none, no question, the toughest, highest pressure curling event on planet Earth is the Canadian Trials. And you see the best of teams, and you also tend to see a lot of weird stuff happen. They, you know, the pressure like that just does funny things to people at times. Yeah, and you, you'll see you'll see a shot missed here and there that these players just don't miss. And sometimes they'll make crazy shots too. It's it's the most fun to watch, and none of us outside of those those players can possibly grasp the pressure that's on them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And you see, you know, some of the uh, you saw Jacobs the other night coming down to the very end. You're like, holy cow, where did that come from? You know, and talking with Jamie yeah. and Corey. You know, those guys, I mean, they felt the pressure, and that's at home in a game three, basically 10 ends away from going to the Olympic Games. But when you have an arena in Ottawa that's packed to the gills, and I'll be honest, I was a little bit surprised at some of the light attendance here midweek, but, you know, a little bit of a way that's expected midweek. But still, that pressure that you have when you are the best of the best, the bar, you set the bar when it comes to the world, and that's Canadian curling. You've got the Brad Jacobs of the world, the Brad Gushus of the world, the Mike McEwens, the Kevin Cooey. I mean, on the women's side, Chelsea Carey, Jennifer Jones, Rachel Hunt. That's the bar. And nerves and pressure is going to creep in and be a part of it, Sean. Absolutely. And it'll it'll creep in and be, be a factor, I think, with some of the younger, less experienced teams. And they'll you know miss a couple of shots that they normally wouldn't miss, case in point. Uh, early this morning, uh, Jennifer Jones was playing, uh, you know, a newcomer to this to the trials level, Casey Scheidegger from Alberta. Yeah, and Scheidegger had two chances to win the game with Hammer in the tenth end and Hammer in the extra, and they were both open hits, and she missed both of them. And Jones ended up, you know, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat there. And, yeah, you know, and, and it's not like you know they're putting pressure on someone that's you know kind of still up and coming. And you get misses like that, and there's just no replicating that pressure. Yeah, there isn't. And as we are really about midweek now, as you really start to turn for home and really see who's separating themselves as the top three on the men's and women's side, 
will advance to the finals as the champ, the number one seed, will go straight to the finals, and then it'll be a two versus three. But, you know, really starting to see it separate, especially on the women's side, Jennifer Jones, Chelsea Carey, Rachel Homan, 5-0, 4-0, and 4-1, respectively. But on the men's side, you got Kevin Cooey, 5-0 right now, Mike McEwen, 3-1, and Brad Gushu at 3-2, and but still Jacobs, Carruthers, and Laycock, 2-2, two 2-3, and 2-3, two, two and three, two and three, respectively, still the cream is really starting to rise to the top, certainly on the women's side where it's really cut and dry. Yeah, the, the, the women's side is is pretty pretty much, like you said, the top three teams, uh, Jones, Kerry, Holman. I, if you'd have asked me at the start of the week who are going to be the three at the end there, those are the three I would have picked. Yeah. Uh, Jones's team in particular is looking <laughs> real hot, and they're just – you know, I said to myself earlier today when uh, Jones ended up winning against Scheidegger, I said, well, they're just living right. Yeah. And in an event like this, some, you, need, you need breaks to get through an event like this in the MERS champion, and you just got to feel like you're living right, and they clearly are. Chelsea Carey's team is playing great, uh, and, you know, doing what they got to do to win. Holman's team, I, I feel, could still turn it up another notch. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they've won, they've won four straight. They lost their first. They've won four straight. They can still be right there, and they can still run the table and win this thing, no problem. Uh, men's side, it's still it's still a little bit muddled. I mean, no one is out of it yet. I mean, no one in the entire field has more than three losses. Yeah. So anyone could get on a run, but as far as who is the best right now in terms of at this point in the week, there's no question it's Kevin Cooey. I mean, 5-0, and oh, and those guys are just making everything playing as solid as ever. Mm-hmm. Um it's and it's uh, right, right now. I would I would have them making it into the final and yeah. You know who's gonna who's gonna be two three if any one of three or four teams. It's it's just a little early to say yet. Yeah, as we turn for home, get ready for what we're all preparing for here domestically next week in Blaine. That's obviously the U.S. Mixed Doubles Olympic Trials hosted by Fogarty Fogarty Arena in the Four Seasons Curling Club, Sean. We'll all be there. We're going to have a fun time, fun uh, couple days. Can't wait to uh, crown another Team USA that will be headed to South Korea and Pyeongchang. But, you know, I guess really uh, just, you know, some uh, overview thoughts on, on the field, men's and women's side. But especially, you know, this is something that, you know, a, a, a club where you curl out of regularly, this has been something that's been a preparation in the works for, you know, not just weeks but months. Oh yeah, uh, once I know once John Benton uh, got announced, it got told that we uh, we were going to be hosting it. You know, he just his eyes all lit up. He's like, "Oh, this is going to be the best thing ever." And yeah, as I said earlier, we're converting a hockey rink that's right next door to the curling club itself uh, to the to the ice surface that will actually be used for the trials. Wow! Um, and uh, you know, we've got volunteers <laughs> set up. We've got ticket sales. Um, I'm interested to see how much of a crowd we draw. Yep. Um, but it's 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 going to be a fantastic event. I can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah, get your tickets online. It's going to be a fun time. A lot of local flavor from the Twin Cities area, from up in Duluth. Certainly, a lot of local fans need to come out and check out who, because you're going to be able to get a taste who is going to be representing Team USA at the upcoming uh, upcoming. Winter Olympics in South Korea should be a lot of fun. And as we talked about last week, Sean, you know, mixed doubles, for those who haven't seen it, it's a game that moves very, very fast. And, you know, in talking with Warren Hansen, good friend of mine from Canada who'll be without there, uh, be out there with us, you know, this is something because it moves so fast, this is something, a game that 
whether you have uh, a fan of mixed doubles or not, if you're a purist, in terms of the TV sign, how quick it moves, this is something we could see maybe really blossom into a whole lot more where you have maybe two-man uh, men's and two-man women's doubles here in the future. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of reaction that this new that this format generates with this being the first Olympic Games yeah. where the whole world is going to see it and, you know, including non-curlers who wait, you know, once every four years for their curling fix, they're going to see this, you know, two-person doubles curling going on with different rules and they're going to be like, oh, ooh, it's, you know, maybe this is something new I can learn about and see what the differences are. But yeah, yeah significant differences, way faster, as you said. For my money, I would say, uh, um, I don't know if more athletic is the term, but given that you have a lot of players throwing them and sweeping their own rocks, it's it's just a lot more physical, I guess. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to me in, in some ways. And it's, it's just, it's a different format. Um, you know, and it seems to be, you either love it or hate it. Like you said, a lot of cur- curling purists look at it and say, well, that's not curling. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, it's not, no, it's not four person team curling. It's the game is still the same, but there's just different wrinkles. And, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think it's fun. It's definitely fun to play. Some aren't really sure that it's really all that fun to watch, but we're going to see what the, uh, the ratings are in terms of, at the Olympics, and also the crowd draw here in Blaine. Yeah, well, I can, what I can say is, at least just from my opinion, that when you get more curling on television, especially with the Olympics, whether it be you know team or just mixed doubles, I think that is going to help because it's a sport now that is actually going to begin the competition. We're going to get, six, I think, 16 full days of curling where the curling competition, because there's so much now with the mixed doubles added, that's actually going to begin, what, a day or two before the opening ceremony. So more curling on TV, especially at the Olympics, I think that can only help at least grow the game on the surface. But we will leave it right there, Sean. As you and I are going to be in Blaine, we will do uh, – I think we haven't set a plan yet, but we'll come up with a couple of these while we're there in Blaine, kind of wrapping up. I don't know if we'll do it every night, but stay tuned to the uh, 12th In Sports Network Facebook page. Uh, at TSN on Twitter. We will give you a whole lot more. What we're going to do, we're still kind of formulating the plan with the schedule and everything. We had a little bit more time on our hands in Omaha. But we will bring you a couple of the extra extra in podcasts while we are, we are in Blaine. There is no doubt about it. Sean Murray, Price Atkinson, I know there's going to be a whole lot more. We'll have a lot of player interviews and other things coming up. But don't forget our our contest, which my curling club that you heard the ad coming up after that last first segment. Don't forget to enter that widget, tesn.us forward slash podcast. Enter this week to win that. Uh, But really, let's just leave it right there, Sean, because we got a whole lot coming up uh, in Blaine at Fogarty Arena and the Four Seasons Curling Club. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to uh, watch how this plays out. And honestly, just to see who's going to go to the Olympics and represent Team USA. Yeah, it's going to be real exciting, man. And yeah, it's 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 going to be fun having you around here, and we'll uh, work together with the audio and splitting MC duties and doing the podcast. It's it's going to be a great weekend. Looking forward to it. Yeah, a whole lot we got coming up from Blaine there at the Four Seasons Curling Club. But we'll leave it right there for now. Price Atkinson and Sean Murray with the Extra Extra in Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. We'll see you next week live from Blaine. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests 
for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action! Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here! Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.